You're listening to the Empower to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Dina T, and I'm so excited to take you on a journey through stories of everyday experts as we share the ways we've harnessed the power inside us to improve the quality of our lives and the health of our minds. We're so excited to have you here with us and hope you feel inspired and empowered to heal. Hello, you beautiful souls. I am so excited that you guys are joining us today. I am sitting here just fully in pure bliss after having the opportunity to interview the wonderful and so beautifully intelligent and spiritually strong Denise De Simone. She is an utter inspiration and I I can't believe I just had the opportunity to spend time learning from her and I'm really excited to share this interview with you guys today. I want to share a little bit about Denise's background so you know um, kind of w- what brought her to where she is today and how this beautiful brilliant soul got to the place of of experiencing life through love and peace. Denise De Simone is an author and she's a documentarian and she also hosts her own podcast. So her podcast is called So Much More Than Cancer and her book that she wrote as well as her documentary is called From Stage 4 to Center Stage. And Denise was diagnosed with stage four throat and lung cancer and was given 90 days to live. And she was a very wise woman prior to even being diagnosed with cancer and starting that chapter of her journey and really hunkered down into being at one with her body and her mind and her soul. She practiced holistic healing. Prior to having cancer, she was a natural healer, practicing polarity and Reiki and other modalities of healing. And then once she overcame cancer, she started becoming a cancer wellness coach. And she's an author sharing her journey through writing, through her documentary, through speaking and interviewing others traveling the country and sharing about her journey. And also a really cool tidbit, she is a singer-songwriter in a very, um, sounds like the work that she's done in her her songwriting and her singing is a collection in a deep spiritual manner as well. And so today I was so eager and excited to learn from Denise about how how did you strengthen your mind and your spirit and your soul to this degree facing death facing extremely painful hard next steps in in treatment and then being here today 15 years later 15 years after she was diagnosed and told she would only have 90 days to live she is still here spreading her joy and her her Um, knowledge and wisdom and imparting that on others and building relationships with all that she comes across um, with everyone that she meets. And I wanted to understand why, because if you guys are anything like me, which I think you are, this is something that it seems so beautiful and inspiring and yet so difficult and hard. And today, Denise unlocks some secrets around mindset some secrets around heart set and faith 
and secrets around perspective and healing that I think will truly rock your world and help you identify and see ways that you can live with more peace in your life and recognize that you are love. So without further ado, I am going to bring you Denise Day-Simone. Hello, and thank you so much, Denise Day-Simone, for joining me on the Empower to Heal podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I am so honored to share space with you today and have the opportunity to learn from you. I've um, I, I watched your documentary and I've been listening to your podcast and um, I've heard you be featured on another podcast and my my heart just absolutely soared when I heard you speak about reframing your mindset and how you viewed life and viewed the world and your opportunity in this world. Um, and how that shifted healing for you in a way that um, impacted not only like your you healing with cancer, but also you healing your your soul. And I believe so deeply that the soul and the spirit is the place that we need to focus on, right? Because we inhibit we inhabit this body, but our soul and our spirit are in my mind forever. And that it's like a a light that needs to shine and get out. And you've found ways to articulate how you've done that in your life. Starting out prior to to your cancer diagnosis and a holistic healing type of uh, capacity. And then all the way through that very trying time in your life. And so I'm really excited to have the opportunity to learn from you and inspire other people in their healing journeys as well. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Welcome. So if you could start out sharing um, how you found more holistic based healing in your life, because that journey started, it sounds like well before um, you were diagnosed (laughs) with cancer. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's a great question. And uh, when I was a young girl, I was um, troubled by Mm. migraine headaches. And I was little, a very, very little girl. And I have, um, I had the experience of a grandmother who was absolutely gifted in holistic healing. But, you know, in, uh, I mean, I'm 65 years old this year. So this Mm. was 60 years ago in, in, you know, 1960. um, I'd get these headaches and my grandmother would do all this, what my family would call like (laughs) voodoo stuff on my head. And, you know, she'd use, take the skeleton key from the front door and make all these designs and images and <laughs> symbols on my head and then tap my forehead. And then she's, okay, she spoke in broken English. So she came over on a boat from Italy and she'd tell me, you know, aspect, aspect, like, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, piano, 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 and meaning be quiet, be quiet. And um, I'd sit down for, you know, 20 minutes and, my headache would go away. <clears throat> and and so I come from a family of, um, you know, my mother didn't like doctors. My mom had me at 43 years old and said, you know, don't ever go to the hospital. You never come out alive. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Eat garlic, drink wine, you know, drink, drink water and <laughs> eat spicy food and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I just was born into this um, energy of we can heal ourselves. Heck, let's do it. 
And then as I aged, I had a, a strong sense of um, when people were around me and they were uh, not well, I could tell. And it was, I, I had to learn how to manage it because sometimes it would be overwhelming when I would go into public places and I would start to pick up and sense someone around me and my hands would get hot. And mm -hmm. I had no idea why. And later I learned when I started to study polarity and became a Reiki master that I needed to kind of protect myself in public and harness the energy because I was like yes. this empathetic sponge. And so I went and studied sound therapy, became a sound therapist. I, I became a Reiki master, a polarity therapist. I studied mm. reflexology and took a, you know, a, a year long class and understood the, the power of the um, healing mm. power through the feet. And so fast forward to 2005, I had had this private practice plus working full-time in, um, in uh, high-tech sales. And I get diagnosed with stage four throat and neck cancer. And all of these people telling me, you know, fill yourself with chemo and you gotta, you know, fight, fight, fight and battle, battle, battle. And it's going to be the biggest battle of your mm. life. And I'm like, mm, I don't think wow. so. Wow. How did you know I mean, that in that moment? What inside you told you? Like, that's not my story. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm a feisty Italian, but I'm not one for, for, for going to battle. And I just felt like, well, wait a minute, you know, first of all, I need to have some kind of relationship with this cancer because that's, you know, it, it's a new entity in my life and it's already got a lot of heat and it's already got a lot of upper hand, if you will. And I don't think fighting with something if I'm fighting with cancer and it's inside mm. of me then I'm fighting myself and I learned a long time ago that it's very important to love ourselves there's, there's so much in the world that's against us when we start being against ourselves then mm. we're never going to resolve and then you have an issue of uh you know a, a situation that's basically showing you your death I didn't want to give it any more power than it needed to have. I wanted to diffuse it. And I felt that if I could really do the inner work that I needed to do to find out mm, why this now, why here, why my throat, what am I not saying? How much really, how much do I really love myself? And I went to work with understanding that, you know, the doctors are about curing, but healing me from the inside out really needed yeah. to be the work of my soul. I appreciate how you just acknowledged like, where did this come from and why now? And you, you mentioned your throat. What am I not saying? Right. And I don't, I'm not sure if everybody's aware of like the chakras and kind of releasing and speaking your truth, but can you speak about that for a little bit and what, what that meant to you in that moment, like how you interpreted that? Well, you know, being a sound healer and working with the chakras and the tones of the chakras I, I was very aware of how much each chakra holds from the, the base chakra and the second chakra, the second chakra so connected to our youth and our childhood traumas and our sexuality, mm. our sensuality and our power and our creativity. 
And those, the, the second chakra is very connected to the throat chakra. And I was a very creative child, although I came from a loving family. I wasn't that supported in the creative process that I wanted to express. I'm the youngest of five. I was nine years after the youngest next to me. And my parents were older and mm -hmm. they were kind of tired. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, just go to school, go get a job. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to play guitar and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I loved art and it just never got developed. And then there were other issues that came into my adult life that I just didn't, I just stuffed inside and I didn't speak about it until I realized, hmm, my throat chakra. So it's all about being able to speak your truth and studying sound healing. I was well aware of when you're working with somebody and especially yourself, when you're going through the tones of the chakras, a lot of people would get emotional and I knew that I had some emotional uh, pockets and traumas and cobwebs to clear out in the throat chakra during this process. And it was very, I was very aware of the fact that um, there was work there to be done. Like if somebody has breast cancer, well, it, you know, nurturance, it's all about nurturance. It's all about self-love. It's how we women feed their children. Um, there's a lot of energy there, you know, what is it about that you're not nurturing with yourself? So I think it's important for people to release themselves from the, the feeling, which is a normal place to go. Oh, it's outside of me. And, you know, let the doctor just, it's your job, just mm -hmm. get a knife and cut it out. And that's not going to get you healing your soul. The soul is not going to heal by giving something outside of us power. And I knew that. So I had to own it. I had to realize, okay, let's think about what are you not saying? What do you need to say? Who do you need to say it to? And most of all, what do you need to say to yourself? What's this inner, this, this, this you know, 70,000 plus thoughts a day? What are those about? What's going on there? Mm -hmm. um, so it's... Um, Oh, there's the train. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's really, um, <clears throat> it was important for me to um, get to that place. And, you know, I had the knowledge because of my background. That's why I'm out there sharing this yeah. with people. Because, uh, you know, I'm a cancer wellness coach now. And I work with people in their spiritual You know, I always say to them, I'm not interested in what you're eating. I'm interested in what's eating you. Mm. If you want to talk about what you're eating and <clears throat> how to go on a, how to go, you know, treat this nutritionally, then go talk to a nutritionist. But I want to know what's eating you. And you allude in, in that statement and throughout um, your speakings and your teachings, you allude to the power that the mind has over the rest of the body. And I think a lot of us, myself included, have gone through parts of our life 
um, experiencing our bodies separated from our mind, right? And our our medical system here in in the United States is very focused in that way, right? Like mental health is completely separated from from the medical um, field. If you if you had to go to a primary care physician, right? And the two often don't intertwine. But the reality is, is we are one being, right? And we work our whole brain, our body, it all works together. And and you you start speaking about like the power of the mind and the thoughts in the mind. And can you share a little bit more with us around um, around that? Well, I you know I I would like to think, and I've seen it, and I've seen glimpses of it that that the the traditional allopathic medical, if you will, is opening up to the possibility mm-hmm. of the body-mind connection. Absolutely. Now, is it a high percentage? Absolutely not. Is it um, a, a hope? And there are signs that, that it's, it, it's coming into the limelight more. Yes. And it's people like you and me that have to be the carriers of the lamp mm-hmm. and light the path and share with people and show people by doing what we do, you know, and I, I believe that it isn't just the mind, it's the subconscious mind Mm. that we have to start to understand because in the subconscious mind is where all of it starts, starts happening. And it's kind of the, the mind that runs the show. And people have to understand, in fact, we can't get too into that tonight, but there's a great book that was written in 1912 by Joseph Murphy, and it's public domain, excuse me, and you can go and download it. I think it's 130 pages, and it's called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. Mm. It's a fabulous book, and I think it would behoove anyone listening to go after they read my book from State Florida Center stage, <laughs> they, they download that book and um, learn more about the power of the subconscious mind. But I, I it, it is it is a um, a process that people need to educate themselves. And and when you get a diagnosis of cancer, it's not easy to do that because first of all, the biggest thing that comes up is all these fears and am I going to die and how long do I have to live and what's going to happen to my family and and what are the treatments going to be like and oh my God, I can't work, I'm going to lose my job and I'm going to go broke. I mean, all of that's normal stuff. And there's time limit you got to put on that kind of thinking. You got to go through all the normalcy but because our spirituality has to make room for our personality. <laughs> I love but that. But we, we have to move into the spiritual and allow our spirits to, to uh, exercise the, the muscles that we need. You know, people go to church and they pray. Well, now it's time to exercise and, on, and, and call upon the muscles that you're exercising when you're going into all these, if you are someone who goes to church or even if you just believe that going into the woods and saying a prayer or putting your feet on the earth like an Indian is your idea of, of a prayer. Whatever your spirituality is about, um, you got to move rather quickly into that space mm-hmm. and take ownership. A lot of people, oh, this isn't my fault. Now, I'm not saying anybody that gets cancer, it's their fault or any dis-ease is your fault. Yet, if you do believe and you want to really heal, you got to take 
you got to take ownership and you got to take your power and you got to know you're a hundred percent responsible for your reality. Nobody else. Mm. And there's so much truth behind what you're saying because you've lived it. You went mm-hmm. from from healthy and and chugging along in life, right? Following your your passions and your desires to like this huge, I don't know, like road sign popped up in front of you that said, "Stop! You have 90 days to live," <laughs> and, yeah. and and you had to sit there in that moment, feel it, honor it, mm-hmm. understand it, mm-hmm. and decide how do mm-hmm. I want to interpret this? Like, what mm-hmm. do I want to do with this? <laughs> And you know, I am gonna, gonna, I'm gonna say that you, you don't. I don't want people to think I got cancer and then, you know, for a couple of days I was all freaked out, and then the next day I thought, oh, I'll just get all spiritual. No, that's BS. Mm. That's not me. You cannot take a spiritual bypass. Mm. You've got to feel all the feelings. You got to feel the anger. You got to process what's under it. You don't just, you know, jump into thinking that this is oh this is going to be wonderful and i'll be all spiritual no if you do not feel all the emotions the fear the anger the the sadness the despair the depression and take each one on and look it in the face converse with it and Mm -hmm. allow the lessons to come from that place as well then you're not going to heal it's not happening and you're, you're describing the messy middle as being our biggest platform to learn mm, and strengthen like that, that spirituality. The messy middle. I like that. That's right. That's right. Mm. I think yeah. that's something that when you're an outsider looking in, like for me, for instance, cancer has hit um, loved ones in my life and in my family um, to a big degree mm. throughout my life. And when I'm on the outside looking in, I see the fear and the, the worry and the, the pain of it. Um, in my mm. family, um, we all have very different thinking from one another. <laughs> they didn't yep. just adopt it from each other and become one, but um, you see <laughs> you see that play out. And I, I had a dear friend that passed away earlier this year uh, from cancer. And at the end of his time with us, he uh, was reflecting on all that he achieved in life. And he still had these really big poles in his heart of, um, of, fear, like huge amounts of fear to panic attacks of, am I dying right now? Is this the moment I'm going to die? And, um, that was all consuming and it was heart wrenching to view from the outside. Right. Um, but those moments, those moments had to have happened even to you, right. Of like the, the hitch of, oh my gosh, am I really going to die right now? Or tell us like, what do you, when you encountered that that moment or the moments that got really tough. So I, I know in your documentary, you described um, your treatment and you, you didn't, you didn't eat outside of a, a through a feeding tube. Right. And you <laughs> didn't talk. Right. And you, you were told these, these uh, options of your future that didn't sound like anything that related to who you were previously and who you are deep down inside. Right. And mm. hearing that stuff and sitting with that stuff, like how do you push through that messy middle and describe to us a little bit today around like sitting through that yet still finding hope? Well, that's a great question. And I believe sitting through it is 
even more profound than what it sounds like, mm-hmm. because I did sit for a long time because I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first things they did was put a feeding tube in me. I, I couldn't grasp the idea that I wasn't going to be able to eat. Uh, like I say in the documentary, I'm all Italian. Food was my life. Um, <laughs> food was, you know, food is a big, yeah, is, is a big, <laughs> a, a big part of everybody's life. But you put, you know, twenty Italians in the room every night <laughs> with a mom that could cook like mine, mm. and all of a sudden people are telling you you can't eat. It's mm. like that doesn't compute. Yeah, <laughs> and, but I didn't eat. I I was fed through a tube, and then I took you know, six months to learn how to eat again using baby food and how to, I had to basically go to a, 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 a speech pathology therapist to learn how to drink water. I didn't drink water even for months, three, four months, maybe. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I always say that, you know, my navel is my birth and my, my scar from my feeding tube is my rebirth it was a rebirth I had a I had a feeding tube in for nine months and I had a lot of radiation so it caused me not to be able I I lost all taste for a long long time and I lost the ability to really speak that people could understand what I was saying and but yet it gave me a lot of time to think about what I thought about. Mm. And what I realized was I wasn't afraid of dying. I really wasn't. Mm. In fact, I've been pretty intrigued with it my whole life because I think it's probably one of the best days of our lives if people could just get past the sadness that, you know, we don't feel it because we're not there to feel it. I didn't want my family to miss me. You know, I come from a big family with lots of little ones and my sisters and brothers and their kids and their kids' kids. And now they're even the fourth generation of kids are coming. And Mm. at that point I was um, looking at the fact that if I died, it would be pretty sad Mm. for all of them. But yet, I wasn't that attached to living or dying. I had to surrender to the fact that I could die. And I'm not sliding into home plate all freaked out about dying. I'm going to live every minute, and I'm going to enjoy, and I'm going to have fun. And if that translated into me sitting quietly and going through a six-month meditation in my recliner while I went through therapy, well, that's kind of what I did. Wow. And I, I encourage people to understand that death, well, first of all, you know, I, I, nobody wants to die. I mean, I'm 65 years old and I never thought I'd live 15 years after that diagnosis. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still here and I'm not saying I want to die, but if it happened, it happened. And when I was looking death in the face, I was like, okay, well, if I live, I live. If I die, I die. And if I live, you, whoever you are out there, God, higher power, whatever you want to call it, infinite intelligence, you better make it good. You better help me co-create a life (laughs) that is really powerful and get something done that helps people. Because I'm not staying here to just go, you know, sell technology to hospitals. Again. That ain't, 
So you're living in a place where now you are releasing that spirit. Like what you just described, I, I'm in awe of like first to tackle your relationship with death. Like, holy moly, that is deep. <laughs> and then on top of that to say, all right, like if I'm getting this chance to live, like it's going to be on my terms of, of what I feel called and pulled to do, which sounds really beautiful. But in reality, every single one of us listening right now has things that we feel like we're doing out of obligation and not pursuing something that, that we're feeling called to do. Right. Like, I think that's right. so relatable on every level. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, it. I just didn't want to die with my music still in me. Mm. I really didn't, mm. you know, and, and I said to help me help a lot of people. And then, you know, in my book, <clears throat> excuse me, from stage four to center stage, I wrote a book based on the journey I took. Um, and, you know, I'm a singer, I sing, I play guitar, I couldn't sing, I couldn't eke a note for about I don't know, at least a year. Mm. And my dog just told me he'd probably never sing again. And then here comes a day where I'm invited to sing the national anthem at Fenway Park in Boston <laughs> before a Red Sox game. And I'm like, oh my God, how did that happen? I can't do that. And my sister's like, well, you're the one that said you wanted it big on a big platform. I mean, <laughs> does it get any bigger than 37,000 people? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I got to do this, don't I? <laughs> so, you know, Dina, you never know, you know, I believe that we need to know why, like my why was, if I'm going to live, my why was, I want to help a lot of people. The how is never ours to figure out, mm. or for at least me. The, the why is ours, the how is God's. Mm. And, and I'm sure you have had these experiences where you couldn't not even comprehend how to get something done and then all of a sudden a goes to b and b goes to c and all of a sudden you're at the end of the alphabet and everything's laid out and here you go and there's the how yes and that's a teaching that so many people have tried to teach me throughout my life and um I, there's these setbacks right where my humanity of like being a control freak right <laughs> yeah, yeah. that like sneaks in and chomps down and we try to control every aspect that we can and all of a sudden those are the moments you find yourself sideways right like yeah, the yeah. times that you reflect on like this amazing thing that you have in your life and you reflect back and you're like I don't know if I intentionally ended up to be here but this is beautiful <laughs> and then the things you put a lot of intention to create you're like oh man like I focus too much on on the sidelines then versus the the big goal and dream that I have. And you could have very easily said, oh no, that's a really big crowd. And I don't know if I really want to sing in front of all those people. Like that's scary. Yeah. You could have gotten in your head around that. And instead you, you followed that calling and you followed the opportunity that was presented to you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and absolutely. I had the, like, tears streaming down my face and chills on my body when I saw that part of your documentary that the reality of a year prior, a year prior, you were not in a place to even be able to express yourself through your voice. <laughs> and then no. all of a sudden you're singing and you're sharing your journey with all of these, like the inspiration in that is so profound. 
like the teachings mm-hmm. in that is so profound. And it reminds me of your latest podcast. And so you, you have your podcast so much more than cancer. And you recently, um, I think it was just your last episode. Um, you had an, uh, Dr. Bernie Siegel on with you and yeah. he spoke a lot in that episode about, um, the, the language we use and loving ourselves and our mindset and our hope and our faith to get yeah. through hard things and putting our investment in ourselves and our practice around that rather than making it about treatment, right. For cancer or the protocol for the cancer. Um, mm. and I, I thought that was so profound because you just mentioned earlier, as we were talking, like slowly, there's more people coming into the medical models that are bringing this in. Right. And to, mm-hmm. to know that there are doctors out there who, and he's, he's touched so many lives to know that there's doctors out there that are being known for and being seen for the outcomes of, of mindset and heart set in, in a, a, your journey with cancer and the value of that extending your, your lifespan, how much time you have left on this earth, as well as your ability to, to heal um, and cure the cancer. It's just, mind-blowing to me. I don't think many people think of fighting cancer through the way that you, your platform's describing, and I'm sorry, I use the word fight and you, you, I hope you can talk a little bit on that, but, (laughs) um, but you, you're not treating it just as, as something to treat through your body. You're compiling that yes, through your body. Yes. Through some medical pieces, but largely through mindset and through energy within yourself. Well, cancer became my friend Mm. and I had a love affair. (laughs) You know, I love my friends. That's why I gave it a name. I call it PIN, an acronym for pain in the neck because it was a pain in my neck, you know? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Yeah, literally. And it was my best teacher in my entire life. I learned so much about myself and what I was and wasn't. Uh, addressing and I also you know brought my allopathic medical doctors and connected them with my naturopathic doctor and they formed a relationship and Mm -hmm. I understood that both sides are important you know I have to say if I didn't do radiation I probably wouldn't be here today Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, by the time I got diagnosed, I was very sick. And I really didn't know how sick I was. Mm. And I've always gone to, you know, more holistic minded doctors and naturopaths and chiropractors and acupuncture and done some really weird stuff, (laughs) um, which got even more weird after I finished radiation. I did a plethora of healing modalities. You can go to I have a couple of websites. Uh, DeniseDeSimone.com has a tab at the top and it's all about alternative therapies. And there's a list of about 15 things that Mm. I did myself that are very powerful. So there's a lot of data on there. And then so much more than cancer.com is more um, information, but yet it leans more toward the podcast itself. Mm. Um, So I it's really important that I think it's important for people to, as much as they are able to understand that it is 
good for them if they do know somebody that's more holistic minded that can help them with because then you're going to really talk to someone about the body mind spirit connection Mm. you know we are one like you said in the first two minutes of today we are you know we're all of it the mind is not separate Mm -hmm. you know and where is the mind anyway you know like you can point to your brain you can point to your nose you can (laughs) you know you know where your toes are but People go, oh, you know, it's in my mind. Well, where the hell is your mind? Mm. What is the mind? Yeah. And when you think about something you can't even see, and you give all this power <laughs> and all this stuff, it's like it just quit thinking all those negative things that you think about. And what I always say, you know, I've spent the last 10 years touring, speaking, teaching all over the country, not now, but I always say to people, do you ever think about what you think about? And I say, you probably never thought about it (laughs) because if you thought about what you thought about, you'd start to realize that you 90% of the time are thinking something negative or you know, two years ago, why I didn't do this and I should have done that, or I'm worried about what's going to happen in the future. And the, the, the best present cancer gave me was taught me to be present because that (laughs) is where it's at only now, right here, right now, you know? This country's turned upside down right now. Yes. But it's not forever. Mm-hmm. It's just what's happening in this moment. So be present to it, pray for it, and don't let it control us like the mind likes to do. It's our ego, which I always say it means edging God out. Don't let your I ego love that. seduce mm. Edging God out. Mm. Ooh. The ego, um, we do need it to protect ourselves in certain things, but the ego is seductive. It's mm. always giving you these it's got these guards at the gate about why you're not good enough why you're not thin enough why you're not pretty enough why you're not rich enough it's like shut up Mm. and you speak about um automatic negative thoughts and that's like a cognitive behavioral therapy term in my field that I come from and these are the ants automatic negative thoughts ants and you talked about having to learn and find ways to stomp those ants out, right? Get rid of those ants. And uh, I think that's a, the awareness of the ants is half the battle, right? Like when you were just talking about like, have you ever thought about what you thought about? (laughs) The awareness, just even recognizing it's there is literally the, one of the biggest ways to boot them out. Right. Cause once you see it, you're like, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm only because of who I am, I'm, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not criticizing your terminology, but for me, stomping them out and getting rid of them. Mm. And that those are all terms that don't apply to me or anything that I did only because again, it has a charge to it. I mean, did I have to summon my inner warrior? Do we have to summon our warrior people to be able to stand strong in our beliefs and what we do? Yes. Mm. But it, I believe that in order to um, think about what you think about and understand that these negative thoughts can real they run the show, is trying to stomp them out and get rid of them is mm. only going to push away. And it's going to, when you resist, something is going to persist. Mm. So for me, sitting in my recliner, thinking about what I'm thinking about, being aware of how much negative thoughts I had, 
I started to invite those thoughts to teach me more. Mm -hmm. What are you here? Why are you acting? Why are you telling me this? Why do I have this, this, this wheel, this hamster wheel in my mind about all this stuff? And I started to, to have a conversation even with the negative thoughts, like, what the heck did that come from? Mm. Like, why, what are you trying to tell me? Or how can I um, settle these down in a way that's more, invite more peace into my life from a place within my own, my own peaceful soul? Because mm. inherently we are love. There's two things, there's two emotions, fear and love, okay? They can't coexist. So opt for love. Secondly, people, all they want is to love and be loved. Yes. And our negative thoughts are no different. So if you can approach looking at the, 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 the negative thoughts that are trying to steal our good and become more in love with the process of understanding them, then and only then I believe you can start to, to settle them down. And I teach my clients to create a replacement statement. Mm. So when somebody's rattling on in your head about, and who the heck knows who we're even talking to half the time when we're up there <laughs> or out there or wherever that is, um, you know, it's, it's important to understand that have a replacement statement, you know, mm -hmm. I am healed, whole and healthy. Or I, I used to say that I'm Catholic. I love the, 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 the Hail Mary. And I, when I started to feel all this negativity or worry or beating myself up for nothing, I would start to say the Hail Mary. And then I'd find myself, there were times where I'd be saying the whole rosary and my there was no room or time for the dots to come in that were negative because mm. I didn't create, the space was filled with peace. The space was filled with love. The space had more energy that was soothing and calming. Mm. And you're speaking so much, I think, wisdom into the power of, of language right now, too, and the connotation mm -hmm. of the words that we use. And mm -hmm. coming from somebody who who is often like I find myself saying things that could be just like catchphrases or um, just statements that I grew up with, right? It's just how we said it oh. in our life and um, how mm -hmm. I was raised and what things were called. Uh, but the power of the actual words that we're using and what judgment lies beneath that, like, I, I don't know if I've given that much thought before. All we have is words. That's it. Yeah. Our life is all about conversation. And when we start to look at the energy and how we choose our words and what we say, um, I, I, we start to we really start to empower ourselves, mm. you know, our thoughts either going to help you or harm mm -hmm. you. And the language that we speak is so critically important, especially the way we talk to ourselves. And I tell people all the time, if you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself, you'd have none. Yeah. It's so true. Cause we're our, our <laughs> harshest critics, right? <laughs> well, not, I'm not anymore. I don't spend <laughs> a lot of time there. It's beautiful. No, I don't have, I don't have time to spend time there. Yeah. I'm, I'm too, I'm too awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't care what people think about me because I know what God thinks about mm. me. I'm who God thinks I am. And God is nothing but love and purity. Mm. Isn't that true? And I don't think, 
you know, people go, oh, how can you say you're awesome? Well, how can you not? And it's not like an egotistical thing. Like it's a true no. deep down, like love yeah. for yourself. <laughs> it's Yeah, because you know what? I love myself so much that I have so much love to give everybody else. Mm. I love people. I do. It's I'm, I'm addicted to people. <laughs> I, I just love people. It's my whole... You know, I have people in my, well, I have a huge family, but I have friends in my life I've had for 65 years mm. and people, my best friend and I have been, we've spoken every day, every day for 42 years. I mean, mm. I have friends for decades and they're not just, oh, you know, once in a while. These are friends that I just, I love. You know, I, I put on Facebook the other day because I'm having trouble with my ear. And, um, you know, people get a little nervous, like, oh my gosh, is this something going on? There's over 200 comments of people praying for me. And all of a sudden, my ear is better. So, you know, I believe that without being, you know, brought into the kind of um, negative thinking like, oh, you can't say you love yourself. That's that's conceited and that's that's uh, boastful and egotistical. And who do you think you are? Well, who do you think you are telling me I'm not awesome? Mm. Absolutely. And you, we got to fill ourselves so much with love for ourselves and know the truth about who you are. You're a divine being that came on this planet to be love and to, to love and be loved. And then it can just pour out all over everybody else. And when you think like that, you have more love to give others. Like when you love yourself. That's right. You have more love to give others because you feel life through love rather than feel life through scrutiny or judgment or just. You don't even feel it. You just are it. Yeah, there you go. You just you are, are love. love. Mm. Yeah, like I, I my, one of the my most fabulous, exciting bodies of work that I did was Pray Peace. And it was, I took, I went after I got diagnosed and went through treatment and all that. I thought, well, what's next? And I went to seminary and became an interfaith minister. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I, I realized was that um, the, the importance of doing what you're called to do mm-hmm. and to, to take that, you know, to a place where you're, you're stepping into your power and using it to create the life that you want so you can really authentically be that love and 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 be that peace and not pray for peace but be the peace inside you so when i went to seminary my my ordination project had to be <clears throat> anything i wanted it to be and i kept hearing from spirit that they wanted me to take the peace prayers from all the religions every religion has a pray, prayer for peace a prayer of peace yet all the wars mostly are caused over religion i'm like well that doesn't make yeah (laughs) so i i went down to nashville and i've done a lot i have a lot of cds and stuff that i've done and i do all the recording for my cds in nashville so i went down with some friends and that live there and i went down and i recorded all this beautiful background music and then i took the prayers all the peace prayers from the religions and I spoke the prayer over the background of the music and then I created a um 
a DVD of all 85 slides from all people, places, and things around the world and created it and timed it all to the music. And I traveled around the country sharing that wow. with people and having events. But my point is, people said, well, it's pray for peace. I said, no, it's not pray for peace. It's pray peace. Just, it's not like, just think about, oh, you want to love yourself. No, just be love. <laughs> Denise, where do we find the, the, that? Like, how can, how can we obtain that creation, that musical creation that you, you made? Um, on the books and pages, and my um, web sites, so the books and pages tab, okay. and you can just get them right there. And if you buy books from me on my website, then I get a chance to autograph them and send them out and create a relationship with the people mm. um, who purchase them. But you can, yeah, you can, no, you can't get all my CDs. There's two CDs, but I have actually four CDs. Oh my there. goodness. But the pray, but the pray piece is um, on my website. Yeah. The DVD isn't. So if people wanted to get the DVD, they'd have to contact me. I find that a lot of the healing journey um, isn't done. There's pieces of it that are done um, through cognitive thinking, but there's also pieces of it that are done, like we talked about the subconscious, right? And there's pieces of it that are done with how we move our body, what we do with our body um, that also lead us to healing. And when I think of the power of music and the power of mm -hmm. meditative prayers, um, mm -hmm. It, to me, it leans more into my subconscious and the rhythm inside my body, the connection mm -hmm. of my breath and my heartbeat. And that in and of itself creates healing. Um, that's not me like consciously trying to change everything I'm, I'm thinking, but, uh, or a perspective I have, but it's, it's like subtly coming in and changing a, a different part of my brain, a different part of my core and healing. Um, I think it's really beautiful that you have created so many different modalities in your, your healing journey for yourself and for others in this world to share that targets all of that. Like I think of Reiki, right. And sound healing. And there's a, I don't, have you ever heard of Dr. Bruce Perry? Yes. Um, so he's not so familiar, but I have heard of him. Yeah, he's a he's an author and um, uh, has some strong research out there. And he created the neurosequential model um, for healing. And he talks about the processing of our brain and how some of what we process and heal through is considered like top down. So the, the forward prefrontal cortex and cognitive thoughts down healing. And then there's um, healing that's considered bottom up and bottom up healing starts with like your brainstem and the rhythmic input. And the, the power of bottom up healing is you don't have to have, um, if you think of your, when you're really, really stressed, like your cognitive functioning is already limited, right? And so it's yes. not focusing on that. You're taking in things around you or you're doing things in your life that um, treats that brainstem, that rhythmic pattern of your body, that healing energy that then slows your brain down so you can access your cognitions easier. Um, mm -hmm. And when I think of the work that you've put out into this world, uh, you truly do encompass all of that on top of like the relational healing <laughs> and the connections <laughs> you're making with people. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we could talk about all this forever, couldn't we? <laughs> we could. <laughs> we seriously could. I just get so jazzed about um, re- reframing our ability to understand what healing means. And yeah. you have showcased in so many ways how you've healed, but also how you inspire people to heal. And healing, you've healed your soul. But you've also the power of the soul, the power of the mind. You've healed your body. (laughs) And, you know, I want to say one last thing Mm -hmm. um, that, well, two things. One, I want to invite people to go to either of my websites and on the front, on the homepage, they can actually click on the link to watch the entire documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, And. Also, they can go and listen to any of the podcasts that I've done as well. But the last thing is important. And this is really, 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 really important. Healing does not mean living. Mm. You know, I've had people come up and go, well, my friend did everything that you did and she died. Mm. Well, that's what God wanted or that's what happened. I, 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 you know, healing doesn't, that's why I wasn't so attached to living or dying. Mm. I just held it with an open palm and whatever was to be was to be and healing, you know, people can't get freaked out. Well, I did this and I, you know, I, I have worked with so many people. In fact, one of my favorite clients just passed away a few months ago and we did a lot of great work every week for like six months. And she came to me and was very sick and didn't really, didn't really, did not want to die. She was a, a not young, but she wasn't elderly either. Mm-hmm. She was just a few years older than me, but she had a lot of reasons to live. And unfortunately, she was really sick. But by the time she passed, after she passed, her family sent me a beautiful letter and said, the work she did with you helped her heal her soul And she was so at peace when she transitioned. Mm. That's what's important because you don't know. You and I don't know. I know I'm talking to you right now. I have no idea what's on the other side of that door Mm -hmm. when I leave. You don't know. Mm. So, you know, do the work to heal all the time, every day, whether you're diagnosed with something or you just live in life. And here we go. Everything, you know. Look today, everything turned upside down all of a sudden. Um, You know, it's time to just just know that it's important for each and every one of us to find peace inside our soul, love, extend it out there. We are the light workers. We are here to raise the vibration on the planet of love. And we are moving into a fifth dimension where we all have to come together. That's why things are so polarized right now. They cannot continue this way. But it is happening so we can pull it all in and, 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 and come to the center and start to really, really, truly heal. And it doesn't mean we're all going to stay alive through this. Mm. That's powerful. I haven't thought of it through that polar way, like the polar opposites that's happening in our universe right now, our world, our country, and how we have to bring that together in order to, mm-hmm. to heal through it. Mm. Yeah. 
Thank you so much, Denise. Is there any other um, tidbits of information you want to share around? I know you mentioned both of your websites. You've mentioned your book and your documentary and your CDs today and your podcast. Um, I, I, I would encourage everybody listening to this. Please, please, please check out De- Denise De Simone's website. Um, I I have been so moved and inspired even before getting the chance to meet and speak with you today. Um, You truly have a way with words and with energy from across the screen and uh, years ago (laughs) that you're still bringing to the presence for your viewers. And so I encourage everybody to take the time. Um, You will, you will be moved throughout um, following Denise's journey. So, well, thank you. I don't know what's next on the, on the, uh, agenda for me right now I'm just spending the winter in Florida because uh, Boston's too cold <laughs> and I'm kind of just letting spirit lead the way and I'll probably put a you know resurrect a, a course that I teach and maybe I'll give you some information about that but for right now just be happy you know just just find your joy and stay in that no matter what Thank you so much, Denise. And on that note, I I hope that I continue to stay in contact with you and further this friendship that we've started. Uh, You are truly an inspiration. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and helping people on their journey to become empowered to heal. Well, you're doing good work and God bless you and keep it up because the world needs your voice. You're very smart and you're insightful and everybody uh everybody has their their pot of people that that they can inspire and um i just know yours is going to get wider and wider and wider oh that means so much to me denise thank you all right thank honey. you take care Ciao. thank you so so much for tuning in today I hope you are feeling inspired and empowered in your own healing journey. I know that many of you listening might be reflecting on your own stories that you may feel called to share. If so, please reach out to me at dinat at empowertoheal.com. That's D-E-N-A-T at empower2heal.com. Or drop me a message through my Instagram handle at empower2heal. I would love to connect with you and learn about your journeys so that we can hopefully continue to spread these powerful life lessons on empowering ourselves to heal. My contacts will also be linked in the show notes below so that you can easily find me. We are so eager to start a movement in showcasing the many ways we can heal. And you can be part of this movement too by capturing images and tagging them hashtag empower the number two heal on Instagram. We look forward to seeing all the ways that you are empowered to heal. I love you beautiful souls and thank you so, so much. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and review. 